You're tuned in to The Show on the Road, a new podcast where I interview songwriters, band leaders, and musicians from around the world. My name is Zach Lupitan. This week on the show, my conversation with a fiery folk blues duo from East Nashville who has put nearly 200,000 miles on their various vans, spreading their infectious honeyed harmonies and gritty finger-picked sonic essays all across the continent. And despite being two hilarious humans who got married and share nearly every waking moment together, Zach and Caitlin have never stopped making each other laugh and have never stopped pushing their timeless songwriting to new heights. And with their fancy new record coming August 9th, they shine a sharp light on the beautiful worn edges of our country like never before. I know them as old friends, but you'll know them as Smooth Hound Smith. You know it's a lost art in this country? The long road trip. When was the last time you took a really long drive with a friend or a loved one? Packed your bags, picked out some snacks, maybe you discussed which music to play for the first few hours, tried the radio with local preachers spitting fire and brimstone and sportscasters lamenting the latest botched draft picks, maybe stopped for a burger when you're starving in the middle of nowhere, and then kept on going, hoping that after 10 hours, 20 hours, 2 days, 4 days, 5 days, the faucet of conversation and highway good fortune wouldn't run out. It's hard to go from Nashville to New York to Cleveland and back, maybe once with the same person beside you. But since 2012, when they made the move from LA to Nashville, Zach and Caitlin have been putting the old-fashioned work in to bring people into their little road show they call Smooth Hound Smith. We'll get to their obsession with doggos later. But along the way, they've gained some powerful fans, like the Dixie Chicks, who they opened for, and uh, Natalie actually guested on one of their records. And with that fire in their belly and an eye on the future, they've managed to make this their life. Has there been danger and tension and madness along the way? Of course. You learn a lot about your business partner and your husband or wife when a mama moose comes charging out of the woods as you're going down the highway at 75 miles per hour. Should the show go on after immense trauma going down the highway? Well, they wiped the glass out of their pants and they kept on going and they made that show. And why do we do this, you ask? Because it's our job. That's right, it's our job. We go month to month, season by season, tour by tour. Rent is paid, good month, good tour. You save a little and then you invest it in yourself because if you don't, who will? If you're listening to this right now, anywhere in the world, you probably have no idea who Smooth Hound Smith is. But I've stayed in Zach and Caitlin's sweet little guest house on that leafy street in East Nashville. And you know what? Music made that house. Their music, their stories. And they've built a life making a living exploring their own love and fears and doubts and their wildly different but deliciously complimentary personalities in their songs. That's awesome. I met Caitlin at the beginning of my Dust Bowl revival journey here in LA. In fact, she was a key part of the band for several albums, and while I did miss her when Zach swept her off her feet and took her to Nashville, I've become a genuine fan of what they've created. And Zach Smith, guys, holy moly. He is a freaky, talented, whirling dervish of a guitar, stompbox, drum, and bass player. You name it. He can play it with a fierceness that is hard to match. How much do they love dogs? Well, besides their adorable pup Wilma, who sleepily guards the kitchen table as you walk in, their new record is called Dog in a Manger, which I feel maybe touches on the inherent goodness that maybe only our best friends have. And as our country has split off into mud-slinging, warring factions, maybe we as humans have lost a bit of that inherent innocence and goodness that all dogs have. What can bring it back a little bit? maybe gathering around and listening to some old-fashioned harmony. 
Make sure you stick around to the end of the episode where they play a beautiful track off their new album. And if you go to our Show on the Road Instagram page, you'll see a tasty video of them playing live in their basement. So without further ado, here they are now, Smooth Hound Smooth. Smith from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, yeah. Hey, wait, who are you individually as people? No, oh. <laughs> Smooth Hound Smith. That's all we are. <laughs> I'm Caitlin Doyle Smith. I'm Zach Smith. And uh, you guys know each other, you know, as a married Biblically, couple. Biblically, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, I think there is a fun thing right now in the Americana roots world of like, Awesome married couple bands. Have we started the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> All of this will be edited. Right. No, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like the love is palpable in the music. And there's probably a bunch and of the fans. And the tension. A, a bunch of fans who like want that in their own lives. And they're like, well, I'll just I'll watch it on stage. Yeah. <laughs> well, like uh, a star is born, you know? Yeah, for sure. People love that. They love couples that do stuff together. So you guys started, what, officially 2012, somewhere in there? Yeah, yeah. 2012, yeah. and uh, first record came out in 2013, so we'd, we'd been working on it for the year leading up to that. Mm-hmm. And for folks who obviously follow my group, Dust Bowl Revival, yeah. uh, the diehards will know that the lovely Caitlin was... <laughs> An integral part of the yeah. formation of Dust Bowl Revival for years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were doing a little more old-time jazzy speakeasy stuff back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've all gotten more tattoos since then, I think. And, <laughs> you know, we've grown up a little bit. But yeah. but old-timey tattoos. Like yeah. with a stick and poke. Stick and poke, you know? Yeah. But, like, it's it's hard to describe in the moment, but... Now, looking back at like 2008 through 12 or something, yeah. it feels like there was this cool speakeasy vibe Absolutely. of, L, you know, in LA and yeah. all sorts of places. And it feels a little cheesy now. But I mean, like, it was cheesy then, but yeah. everyone was doing it, so it wasn't as cheesy. It felt like a cool place to be. Yeah, definitely. You know? Suspenders for all. <laughs> It's kind of it's Both like guys. how uh, yeah. it's like how squirrel nut zippers felt in 1997. Everyone was like, "Oh, that's cool," and then three years later, everyone was like, "Oh, that is not cool." <laughs> but then it's going to be cool again in like five years. Yeah, probably. for sure. Probably yeah. less than that because the you know cycles are getting closer and closer. Yeah, I mean, we are Americana. That would be. But what does Americana mean right it's now? Everything, I guess. It's kind of a mix of everything. It's like rock and country that's not on the mainstream. It's radio. just like not pop music. Yeah, and a lot you of know? it. A lot of it was, I was talking to somebody the other day and they had this like really great phrase that I'm going to totally steal right now, but, um, a lot of it is just how you express yourself, like your, your physical expression of how you look. And he was, he was saying like, yeah, there's so many bands and it's like America's play, you know, (laughs) you put the hat on and the bolo tie and the snap button and you become this, even if... Oh, you're playing these like folk songs that aren't really Americana. Or you're playing like this other style of music that doesn't fit, but yeah. you got the look, so it's now Americana. America's play. <laughs> well, well, it's like I feel like yeah, Fleetwood Mac, like in the '70s, they were like doing that already, yeah. you know, yeah. and that it's sort of crystallized in our mind that that's something that is cool and desirable. 
But yeah. I don't know, like, who exemplifies I mean, what the Americana ideal is right now? I would now? say, the, well, the, the, band. the band. Yeah. But I don't know anyone. The band and then rumors, specifically rumors, because yeah. yeah. it's so all over the place and it's got all these... The way they made the record too, you know, Lindsey Buckingham is retracking the drum part on a vinyl chair, you know, because yeah. he didn't like it. And like that, just kind of like piecing together percussion parts, I think, has a lot of that. But also the open mindedness, I think, of. Yeah, yeah the exploratory. Bands nature. that can come in and out of different genres. Because mm-hmm. like Fleetwood Mac was a blues band. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then they became this sort of lush, harmonic folk rock experience, yeah. you know? I think it also felt like. There was like a palpable shift, and we, Caitlin and I were talking about this like maybe two years ago, where mm. it was like, especially here in Nashville, the the classic country vibe where it was like throwback, head to toe, you know, fringy shirts, yeah. and the sound was like that, and you were putting the vintage pickup in your acoustic guitar, and that there was it just felt like everybody kind of collectively at the at one point was like, this has reached saturation, yeah. and there can only be one Margot Price and like yeah. one, one Sturgill, and yeah. Yeah, everyone was just like, oh, I need to pivot away from this. What am I going to be? Oh, it's going to be more rock now. Yeah. Okay. Describe where we are right now. In our basement. <laughs> there's piles <laughs> of music gear. Uh, there's fluorescent lights. <laughs> yeah, we have a bar. That's why we bought this house because it comes with a bar. There's a trophy on the bar. We won that trophy. The bar's not really usable right now. There's like pedals. It's there's usable. A camping, <laughs> camping usable lantern. gear. <laughs> you grew up in Fresno. Yes. Fres, yes. Fres, yes. Central Valley. Did you start singing when you were a really little kid? Really little. My first audition, I was eight years old, and um, I auditioned to sing on a children's album. And I sang, I believe it was um, something from The Little Mermaid. And she loved it so much, she said, can you sing it for me again? And I sang the whole song for, for her twice. And that's when I thought, okay, maybe I, maybe this is maybe this is what I want to do. Mm. Yeah. You can thank that woman now. That you're a rock star. I don't even remember her name. Who was the f- first person to encourage you to play kind of this blues style guitar that you do? Oh, man. That's a good question. Because I've seen think... you play a million instruments. You were like yeah. Dust Bowl Revival's triple emergency backup bass player and sh- drummer. I'm pretty I sure I was fifth string uh, <laughs> bass player, maybe a step down for drummer. But. Six strings. But you could do it in a pinch. I yeah, could. he does everything. I could do it in a pinch. How many instruments do you play? Oh, man, I don't know. It's like, how do you differentiate? Do you, is, do you tenor guitar, banjo, guitar? Like, it's just, I play some guitars and some drums, and I can... You play keyboards, too? I don't play any keyboards. We have a piano and a Rhodes here that I thought I was going to learn how to play. But... Who, who plays the keys on in your last record? It's really, really Oh, sweet. that was uh, John from uh, the Wood Brothers. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's good. He's a mind-blowing musician. Yeah. To watch that guy yeah. do his thing, playing drums and keys at the same time. is, Yeah. Because yeah, you, you described uh, recording the sweet Tennessee Honey record as doing this sort of spur-of-the-moment songwriting thing like two weeks before you went in sure, or something, yeah. which is kind of what we just did with our record. And it's very scary it's but terrifying. very thrilling yeah. at the same time because <laughs> you are not living in the songs yet. Yeah. And we've had to learn that some of the vocal parts, when we went in to sort of tune them a bit, yes, we do use auto-tune at times. <laughs> they That's very un-Americana of yeah. you. No, but it was like, <laughs> no, we, do we went in and, and, and you fine-tune some of these harmony parts, and you're like, yeah, we 
didn't really know what we were singing. Totally. And it's kind of exciting, but also like, this is not good at this point. <laughs> Some of this, you know. Yeah. Well, but, it takes a minute to settle in, I think. Yeah. Your vocals. How does the song start for you guys? Well, he's the main songwriter. Um, I've co-written a few songs. A couple, but... yeah. That's a great question. I, it's a surprise every time a song gets <laughs> finished, to be honest with you. I'm like, how did that happen? Are you, are you writing lyrics first or, or chords or, or starting together? I'm always messing with chords and I always have like a little section of notes in the iPhone or something written down where I just have like little phrases or song titles. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it'll just, something will marinate for a while and they'll just come right out in 20, 30 minutes. We have a song called Truck Stop Shower where you can imagine what that's about. Yeah. It's about a truck stop shower. And that, that like... The pride, the, you know, get, keeping your, like, focus on, like, what the song is about is a lot easier when it's just, like, oh, it's this tangible thing. But, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's songs that I don't even know what they're about. It's just, like, an expression of emotion, and it comes out, and it... I, I really enjoy songs like that. And we were just talking about that because we just put out a single called Dog in a Manger, and it's kind of like that. I'm like, what, what was this about? What is the chorus, the lyrics? Uh, it's who am I to blame? I come home like a stranger, but you still know my name. Who have I become just a dog in a manger with poison in my blood? Hmm. And the, that's kind of just like, I don't know. There's a certain degree of, uh, I don't know, negativity that we have. And it's all about sort of tempering that, I think. And especially in the job that we work. <laughs> You can get real negative real fast. <laughs> I'm sure you know that too. Stay grateful. <laughs> That's what everyone keeps saying. Oh, jeez. There's, there's times where like I want to be grateful, but I'm like, can I be grateful but also want much more for my life? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, I, like things are good, but I think it'd be better. <laughs> yeah. Where, where is the city that you've played that you wish you could never play again? Oh, man. I don't want to... Just, I'm going to say this and I... If you're listening, if any of our fans are listening, you need to know that I, I love this region. However, just based solely on ease of travel, the Northeast is my nightmare. I hate driving a van and parking a van in the like Northeast. between yeah. Philly and, and New York. Yeah. And, yeah. and really Philly and Vermont. It's yeah. just like, yeah. Yeah. New Hampshire, New York. Oh, my God. Chicago. But, Chicago's so fun. But though. those are always great shows. Yeah. Once you get there, because yeah. it's like a video game. Yeah. Once I parallel park in New York, I'm the happiest person. Oh, it's like, I don't yeah. even care how driving, many people show up. Driving in, in like Manhattan in rush hour is like master class driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, my, my middle finger just hangs out the window nonstop. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> what is the most harrowing drive that you can remember to a show? Oh, man, you got to tell this. I mean, there's so many to choose from. Is it when we hit the moose or when we swung the car around and because we hit black ice and we were facing... Let's start with the like, moose. That was, we were on our the last show of the run that we did with the Dixie Tricks. I think it was show number 23. And we were driving from, where was it? It was Stretch of yeah, Land that we were on. Summer of 2016, and we had two shows left. Yeah. We, we'd just done Denver, and we were playing right. Salt Lake the next day. I that's think that's right. about an eight-hour drive. So we were like, we got to finish, do a little bit of it at night mm -hmm. to make the next day easier. Yeah. And it like sent us... Some weird way. It wasn't it was like, the usual way. It was no, kind of up and windy, then down. But the, yeah. Road, small road. This is where in Utah? 
I think it was northern Colorado where it actually happened. Yeah. And it was, it was yeah, it was a two-lane highway. Colorado is always my harrowing drive story. Yeah. So. I mean, it can be... they got some Rocky Mountains up there. <laughs> All right. So the, the moose was, so, was, was moseying into the lane. Well, Zach's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. Luckily enough, we were both having a conversation about our eyesight. You know, you talk about weird random things on the road and it's like, oh, can you see that without your glasses? Yeah. Can you see that sign? And right as we are paying just full attention to the road, all of a sudden in slow motion, I see this thing hit the, um, Zach's, like Zach's window. Yeah. My driver's side window just exploded with glass. Oh my God. Cut up the left side of my face, glasses mm -hmm. everywhere. And then we, you know, knock, crack the windshield and, did it knock um, you off the road? No. No. Because it actually hit us. We didn't hit yeah, it. It was running across. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like a little uh, a turnout. So I turn out and I'm just tripping Everyone's out. There's glass everywhere. Like the first thing I did was jump out of the van and pull my pants off and shake all the glass out of there my pants. There was glass in our, our ears, our mouths, our eyes. So there was so much glass that it traveled all the way to the back of the van. Mm. And we had a bed in our van. Mm. So it went all the way over the bench seat across the bed and it was down right when you open the door this there is was... what an, an econo line type thing? yeah it was a e150 it was a short the short wheelbase so it was you know 12 passenger yeah. van and and i sold that van two years later and there was still glass stuck down in the side i know that glass gets everywhere it gets it everywhere and there was actually we were lucky because the moose hit like the metal seam between the windshield and the driver's window. Mm. It hit right there. And yeah. it if it would have gone on the front, it could have come in the car and hit yeah. the windshield. If it would have hit Zach's window, it could have hit him. Yeah. And there was actually fur embedded in the metal on the van. That gives it more animal. value when you sell it. Yeah. yeah. It, it does, yeah. It was like, this has been, this is custom Did the moose keep running? We went back to try to find it and it, was, it had taken off. It was yeah. gone, yeah. Wow. And then and then the next day we're kind of like struggling to get the window fixed so we yeah. can make it to the last show and I'm talking to the guy and I'm like, does this make any sense that we were T-boned by a moose? Does that happen? He's like, oh yeah, you know, if you get close enough to their, yeah. their babies, I don't know what the technical term is. Moose fawns. It was like yeah. a mama moose. Then they'll charge a van. And that's Oh, that's what, what happened. happened. Yeah. Oh, wow. But then there was this game of telephone that happened. So we called our manager and we said, hey, we're going to be late. We show up. We go to the gig. And everyone that was on the Dixie Chicks team came out. And they're like, oh my God, are you guys okay? We heard that someone flew out the window and they didn't have their seatbelts on. It was just this game <laughs> Wait, of telephone. It's like, no, no one died. <laughs> it was scary, but no, was, no one died. Was, there, was Caitlin into... missing a hand? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we heard you got into a fist fight with a moose. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty nuts. Yeah. And then there was a, uh, that actually was not the most harrowing for me because I was driving and yeah. I, I would prefer to drive in situations like but that. But I saw it happen. Yeah. And that seeing like the, the man that I love yeah. in slow motion and, you know, be in a car accident essentially yeah. Yeah. was so fucking frightening. Yeah. You're lucky you didn't see it. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the most harrowing being... Um, the black ice. Win yeah, winter of uh, 2017, we had, we did two shows in Salt Lake City, same region, <laughs> yeah. you know, Damn. Salt Lake City, uh, opening up for uh, this dude Anders Osborne, who I absolutely love playing with him. He's, He's great. He's awesome. And then we had uh, uh, 
a show the next night in Sand Point, Idaho, I want to say. Been there. Yeah. Fun times. No, real north northern tip. So yeah. we're we're driving at night again and it's it's winter. And there's this it's this highway's crazy. I'm sure you've taken yeah. it. It's it, you know, it's there's a divider, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, the speed limit is 70 and there's these crazy turns and it's not banked the right way. Right. And there's black ice. And we, yeah. we were touring as a trio and we had our friend Steve was driving. Who produced our album. Yeah. Steve. Co-produced it with us and mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, you know, we're driving. It just feels like we're going a little fast, but we're going the speed limit and yeah. there's semis and... It's at night? Yeah, it's at yeah. night. So we shouldn't have been going the speed limit and, in uh, that weather. Yeah. That was a mistake on our part. So Steve is driving and he hits this patch of black ice and he's just kind of like, uh, kind of starts, you know, the wheels the moving. It's a, it's a different van, it's a different actually. Van. And, uh, we just totally spin out going 70 miles an hour. And I like going sit, like we yeah. circle the van circled around oh and circle around and the the passenger side slammed into the the median and we're facing the wrong way on the road <laughs> oncoming traffic and then the car won't start the van yeah. will not start and I'm like guys we need to get out of here because if a car comes it's gonna fucking hit us and I'm and like we're gonna die and I'm like whoa there's no way we're leaving the van facing the wrong way in the fast lane <laughs> just like abandoning and people it. weren't weren't stopping well there was no luckily it was like a lull in yeah. traffic I mean yeah. there, there weren't that many people because yeah. it was like eleven o'clock at night yeah. But- well, also, Zach was like, all of our guitars are in the van. And I'm like, but we don't want to die. Well, just, I thought it was socially <laughs> irresponsible to leave like this big hazard sitting at no, this. No, you're like, right. Chair. So we j- Steve was driving. He jumps out. I jump in the van and throw it into neutral. And it luckily kind of coasts down to the other side. And it, it takes a minute, but the van starts up. We drive up the on-ramp, turn mm. around, come back down, and then we're on our way. There was really pretty minor damage to the van yeah just you know. did your life flash before your eyes any of that i think it did for zach um because i was in the back seat he saw that there was a semi that they passed when they were flipping around yeah. i didn't see that from my vantage point but I, it was definitely everyone's personalities come out in those life-threatening yeah. situations i was like being you know the old, older sister, like, guys, we're going to be okay. Everyone's okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And then Zach is like... I'm like, I'm gonna just going to... I was like, oh, fuck. We're going to fuck. Fuck. <laughs> we're going to die. Sorry, we're going to die. But, um, it was just like we had this semi yeah. in our blind spot. I'm like, if we spin a little that way, we're just going like, to get... We're going to be okay, guys. You know, decimated by this thing. But Yeah. Well, and, the, and then the, the, the show, we made it to in uh, Sandpoint. And then I was like, this is the best show i've ever played yeah. because yeah. we're alive <laughs> dude sandpoint is awesome yeah. like yeah. that's where the shook twins are from oh they got the, a cool the cool theater they have yeah. There. yeah yeah the only time we played sandpoint it was like a sold out show at this theater and we're like why have we been playing like northwest ohio for 10 years yeah <laughs> nothing against ohio but like why haven't we gone to like idaho and now, montana you gotta yeah. keep gotta keep yeah. hitting dayton yeah <laughs> so your newest uh, record dog in a manger Yes. It's done, right? You've it's been done finished. Yeah. For a year and a half now. Yeah, about a year. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. So you've been percolating on this. Yeah. We just got the delivery the other day. Saw the Physical. boxes. I know. It's Saw so the boxes exciting. in the living room. And it's coming out in August. Mm-hmm. Yes. August yep. 9th. It'll be yep. out. What is the best way you think to get music to people? Because it feels like a lot of times we're throwing darts at a wall at this point. Yeah. CDs are almost obsolete, but people still buy them. Yeah. Vinyl is awesome, but it's expensive. Yeah. And it melts. <laughs> it melts. iTunes store literally just got shut down. I know. So 
like what is the way to get your music out there? Spotify and playlists, or you gotta have. Yeah, I think Spotify and playlists. I was gonna say you gotta have a, 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 good, a good agent and just play a ton of live yeah. shows, and people people will catch on. Yeah, but like the live shows, which is the way to do it yeah. for everyone. But it's like, what is the correct way to not exhaust yourself and oversaturate the market? Which I feel like I we've done. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think like we've really put the time in in Dust Bowl Revival to get out there and create a national fan base. It's mm-hmm. not huge, but it, like there is like a group of people everywhere that are into it. But eventually you're like, I can't service every market every right. year. Yeah. yeah. There's no way. Like yeah. we like we're we're exhausted. You that, know? Is, that is frustrating too. And you yeah. have people who are like two hours an hour away from like a market you play and they're like, well come to my town and you're like, no, you I you... drove two thousand miles. You can drive an hour. <laughs> but I, I just heard um I don't know if it's a record she put out or she's about to put out. Um, Cheryl Crow has a new record, mm. and I just heard something on the radio that she this is her last full length album, and from here on out, it's just she's going to make singles. Mm. Just I think consistent content mm. is kind of the move, and we, <gasps> yeah, we are all we come from like yeah, yeah we like records and we so like romantic secret song. Does anyone have a secret song anymore yeah. in their albums? We do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> spoiler awesome. alert. Well, only on the CD, and it's. The second part of our song, Honey, I Love You. Oh, I love that. That's such a great idea. Which is, <laughs> we realized later that we're like, I think the second part is the best part of the song. <laughs> and I think so no let's one, make it really hard to find. No <laughs> one is actually even aware that this exists. <laughs> I think we messed that part up. <laughs> what was the first record that you bought? Do you remember? Yeah. My first record that I bought was, I was 12 years old and I bought um, Jill So Buell, her album... She was the first uh, I Kissed a Girl. Mm. She wrote that one. Why do, you, why do you think that it's taken this long to get more female representation in, in music on a wider scale? It's just always been a man's world. Is it like a... Like artists, I mean, yeah. top down, you know? Like the industry has always been male-dominated. And um, I think it was always, if you're a girl, you sing. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think also the music industry now is less about looks than it used to be. And if you were a woman, it's, you needed to be attractive mm-hmm. and, or you needed to be really, really good at what you do. Yeah. If you do play an instrument uh-huh. to compete with the men. But I'm so glad that things are changing now for the next generation. Well, in a way, the thing we were joking about of like husband, wife yeah. bands and Americana is a great thing because it means there's a wife that's an equal part of the band. Yeah. You know, that like is, you know, the driving force behind a lot of the songs and the sound, you know, and it's not just like, yeah, the, the waifish, right. You know, backup singer. Yeah. You know? yeah. Shrouded in darkness. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I've always loved, and maybe going back to Fleetwood Mac, the idea of equal parts, lady and guy, lead singing and harmony. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I love harmonizing. And I love singing. I love men and women singing together. It's just, I don't know. There's something wholesome about it, you know? But something dirty, too. Oh. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, let's talk about your song, um, (laughs) She Calls Me Daddy. Oh, yeah. On that note. Yeah. That's a good, all (laughs) right. Good segue. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, there's, 
certain things that maybe are taboo, especially now in the Me Too era with yeah. music. Yeah. Uh, you guys and, you know, Caitlin especially have a very uh, ripe sense of humor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that maybe not everyone will get all the time, but that, like, I definitely appreciate. So a song like She Calls Me Daddy, right? Like, what is the chorus of that song? She calls me daddy. She calls me daddy, but I, I ain't him. him. Maybe, Maybe we look, look the same, same when, when the lights, lights get, get dim. <laughs> I don't know where I stand. Cause she always lies. She called me daddy. All the but time. I don't mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously, when you're together on the road all the time mm-hmm. as a business entity, you know, but you're also husband and wife. Yeah. How do you retain the spark between you guys would not just be like, Oh God, you know, it's my coworker on the other side of the van. Honestly, we really don't know anything different. Like we started dating and started playing together and it all happened like at the same time. Um, so, so that's we moved in together and that like was right, yeah, away. right away. So that's just always been the foundation of our relationship. Yeah. Um, but and we, and we, we have we tour the band now a little bit a rhythm section so that you know there's like there's other people in there now yeah to like hang out but even when it was just us for like you know 150 200,000 miles in the van touring we we talk about this we're just like we we always have something to talk about yeah we did four months remember that or when we we don't I just put my headphones in yeah (laughs) (laughs) I just keep talking (laughs) you're like I'm sorry what Got the he earbuds. Has, he has the earbuds. He's driving. He has the earbuds in the left side. You yeah, know. Yeah. So. <laughs> My wife can tell if we're on the phone and I'm checking something on the internet while we're talking. She knows. Because like wow. I pause just a little bit too long, and she's like, "Are you reading something right now?" <laughs> Checking out Pitchfork. What do you got? You on Reddit? <laughs> That's true love. She knows you that well. That's yep. pretty good. But like, the sense of humor that comes out in some of your songs. But also, like, in how you describe yourselves, I think I appreciate. Because there's this line in the Chicago Tribune where you're like, you know, we're like the Taco Bell of Americana music. <laughs> I think right? I said that shit. You did say that, yeah. We try to make the most out of what we have, Caitlin says. It's like how Taco Bell has five ingredients but keeps coming out with new things. <laughs> That's kind of what we do in our instrumentation. We come up with different combinations. And they're always delicious. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure food on the road? Taco Bell is great. I, I love it. In and Out Burger. If we're anywhere between Austin and California, I wanna. I saw that Arby's has like this thing that looks Jeez. like a carrot, but it's like at a hot oh, dog God. meat. I really want to eat that. Disgusting. I don't know why. I just. I actually like threw up in my mouth when I Did saw. Did you see it? the picture? The picture it of so it was like, good. Oh, no, it doesn't. We're all gonna try it. No, and then none we're of not. Us can talk shit. <laughs> you can try it for us. I will. Pizza Hut breadsticks are like, oh, those my, would make like, me feel terrible. I never eat those. Oh, are good. They're like, if I'm very sad, I'll sometimes yeah. get those. They're they're good though. I do like the Burger King, weirdly shaped oval chicken sandwich. But that's I've liked that since high school. The, it's so weird, but it's so good. The grilled chicken sandwich at Cookout. Yeah. Oh my god. I think god. is the best. Yep. Fast food item in the country. Better than I, that's what Chick-fil-A, I do. I do two sure. of the barbecue style. Like, yeah, okay. barbecue style with little yeah. pickles. Yeah, it's like I would buy this at like a nice restaurant. Cajun and be fries. Totally happy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then a banana shake. Ooh. Oh yeah. Ooh yeah. 
We get we get, we started getting like Slim Jims at truck stops sometimes. Yeah. Which I I love Slim Jims. They're so great. Yeah. That I do feel like yeah. I want to die after I eat them a little bit. Oh, but they're so good. <laughs> You're like you're eating it, and you're like, "This is gonna stay in my body forever. Like it's just gonna like lodge itself in my <laughs> lower is, intestine." Who's the better cook at home? It depends. I'm, we I kind of switch off between cooking because we both like to cook. Caitlin um, is an amazing cook when it comes to just like when I look at our pantry and our refrigerator, I'm like, "There's absolutely nothing to eat in here." And then Caitlin will whip something up like, like chopped style, you know, like. I pretend I'm on chops. And I'm just like, how you, you have do sour Skittles, <laughs> lamb shank, and an octopus. And <laughs> gravel from your driveway. <laughs> really right. tasting the gravel, yeah. There's a lot of nice, like, protein in the Fiber, grape. yeah. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> we, we both love cooking, though. We, yeah, especially when we're home. What's your, what's your favorite recipe? Uh, I do a, a pretty awesome chili, and my guacamole is... Uh, Something that was passed down for a few generations, being yeah. a uh, third generation Californian. So, your dad had a pretty interesting life, um, he, and he did, yeah. and a pretty interesting was it a hobby or a job? The like diving for lost treasure. It was thing. a jobby. It was a it was a hobby that transitioned into a job. He because uh, there's things throughout your house here in Nashville that he found like on the bottom of yeah, tons of portholes and uh, yeah, diving masks and uh, just sort of weird. Shipwreck artifacts. My favorite are the bottles that he retrieved from the ocean because much like a ship in the bottle, you know, there's like, how did it get in here? So there'll be um, different types of Yeah, a a clam will make its way into uh, an old Coke bottle when it's very young and then it'll just live its life in there and grow too big to leave. And then (laughs) the little shell is still in there. It's the cutest thing ever. Did Did he enjoy the movie Titanic when it came out? He actually loved the movie. One of his good friends, the brother of one of his good friends, was uh, kind of spearheading the uh, the special effects for that. So we got to kind of get a little tour of how that was that was done when, oh, I, was cool. a, when I was a kid. Yeah. I remember watching Titanic in the theater, and it was like a sold out. Like oh yeah, just very. Dude, the movie was sold out for like a year. Oh yeah, right? it was like yeah. a moment. Like yeah. everyone had to go multiple times. Yeah, and I remember looking down the rows because I. I remember like liking watching other people watching movies, you know, and I would. Just, That's I, a really bizarre <laughs> thing to do. I just like, like to watch other just like people. seeing like the reaction from grown men and yeah. like like my dad and everyone in the row had like misty eyes yep. towards the end. Oh. My dad, everyone was sort yeah. of like not crying, but like <gasps> I'm getting misty just thinking about it. I mean, do you think that Rose? Real talk, though, they could have just switched yeah. off. On the, do you think Rose yeah. should have shared the yeah. the door? I think so, and I don't. I just I didn't like when she threw it in the water at the end, like that bugged the shit out of me. This is the most beautiful piece of jewelry. I understand the symbolism, but yeah, the cord de mer. How do yeah, you just, just toss, toss the... it? In, you know, like at the end of that Britney Spears music video, toss it in the water at the end. And I came up to retrieve it. You got it just for me? Oh, you shouldn't have. You know, from Oops, I Did not did It Again. I, You know, I need to revisit that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> if you could tour with any artist, living or dead, who would it be? Oh, man, that's a good question. One dead would be Janice Joplin. Mm. I think that would be awesome to tour with her. Man, that would be so cool. I think it would be fun to... To do like a, even a 90s Grateful Dead lineup would be fun to tour with. Ooh, that Jerry would, Garcia and Yeah. And uh, Living? 
I mean, how can you not want to tour with the Rolling Stones? Oh, Holy shit, yeah. man. Yeah. But, I mean, we already Dixie Chicks. I know. they were. That, that was, was already a... my dream was to tour and play with the Dixie Chicks. And, and that did. already happened. So. She put it on a vision board and it came true. Yeah, I put on a vision you board. Manifested the shit out of that. Yep. In 2008 on a vision board. Wow. And it happened. Okay. Before we do a song, I yeah. want to do a creative exercise. Ooh. Okay. So, when I say the following word, you're going to tell me the first thing that comes to your head. Wind. Am I go? Oh, am I, is it my turn? Uh, Wind River with Jeremy Renner. Great movie. Great. Um, passing gas. That's our personalities <laughs> in a nutshell, right there. <laughs> You're so much more sophisticated than I. <laughs> All right. When I say the word stairway, I think about a dream that I've had, helping people. Um, that are dead pass on to, you know, wow. the next life. And they go up a stairway and then there's the light and they follow the light. And there's all these hands, different types of ages and different... Um, a stairway co- to heaven, Basically, exactly. And all of these different hands are helping them and guiding them. That's what I think of when I think of stairways. Hmm. Yeah, that's our personality. I think about physical exertion. <laughs> See? <laughs> We flip-flopped there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, when I say spiritual. Spiritual. Ooh, Catholic school. Did you go to Catholic school? Oh, yeah. Did they hit you with rulers? No. But I have all the guilt and none of the God. Mm. Oh, wow. That sounds like a record time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. Excuse me for a moment. I need to... Uh... Is there a higher power? Yes, I think so. I think there is nature. Exactly. <laughs> nature is the higher power. It, it governs how things work. Yeah, like but why I don't know why can't it be the same thing? Exactly. It, it is it, the same thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's semantics. It's how you phrase it. So. Yeah. All right, last one. Tenderness. Try a little tenderness. I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> we should be in a band. <laughs> Have you guys considered playing music together? <laughs> We should do that. We should look into that. Let's look into that. <laughs> what song would you like to play? We're going to play uh, a song of our new record, and it's called Backslide, and it's kind of a uh, fuck you to our shitty president. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Judge and they condemn. They only know how to 
have it zach and caitlin smooth hound smith you can go to smoothhoundsmith.com for their music and their tour dates uh they have a new record dog in a manger coming august 9th i've listened to it it is tasty they have some tour dates coming up uh, august 23rd druid city music festival in tuscaloosa alabama i believe they'll be bringing their full band along for this run uh, nashville tennessee their hometown show live on the green september 1st be playing in North Carolina and Virginia and Maryland and Pennsylvania, D.C., New York City. These guys are hustlers. They never stop. Check them out if you are nearby. If you go to thebluegrasssituation.com, you can see an in-depth analysis of their song Forever Cold, which sounds pretty good right now on this steamy summer day. Um, Forever Cold actually features the wonderful Sarah Jarose, and it's inspired by a real-life ghost story. We will be having one more episode in our summer season coming next week, and then I will be off for a few weeks for a little vacation. I'll be going over to Spain and Scotland, actually going to be quasi-performing in a Jurassic Park musical. Don't ask, it's going to be weird, but uh, it'll be a fun time. When I get back, uh, my gang Dust Bowl Revival will be playing some interesting festivals, including the Porcupine Mountains Music Fest in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. How are we going to get there? I have no idea. I think it's five and a half hours from any major airport, but that's the job. After that, we will be in beautiful Baltimore, Maryland, August 29th at the 8x10, and then uh, August 30th, we'll be at the Appaloosa Music Festival in Front Royal, Virginia, and then heading up to New England, playing the Rhythm and Roots Fest in Rhode Island. That's uh, Labor Day weekend. And then uh, just announced September 8th, at the UC Berkeley Botanical Garden, we'll be playing the Apples and Hops Fest right there under the trees, so check that out. The show on the road is hosted by me, Zach Lupiton, and produced by the handsome Hawaiian Chris Jacobs with support from the Bluegrass Situation team. If you love the show on the road, please leave us a review or rating over at itunes.com slash show on the road. Tell your friends, and also be sure to check out BGS's ever-growing collection of podcasts up right now on the bluegrasssituation.com. The show on the road is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. This is Zach Lupiton. See you on the trail. <laughs>